1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
2: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
3: This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to the programme, we've got John Paul taking your calls at 1850-333-103. Text, whatsapps they're up and running to 0862-103-103. And I certainly would love to hear from anyone if you did get into a nursing home yesterday to visit a loved one because nursing homes were allowed from yesterday to allow visitors inside the home. And you can have up to two visits a week. Now, it does vary from nursing home to nursing home and you do need to check in with the nursing home where your loved one is a resident to find out about booking how they're actually doing it uh, most places are booking appointments and they'll let you know the day and the time that you can go and visit your loved one but a photograph that I have to say that made me smile it's on the front page of the Irish Examiner today and it's of Michael Ryan visiting his wife Mary they're married 43 years and it's in Paterson's nursing home Home in Ross Grey in Tipperary and there's uh, more about this uh, couple inside in the paper but it's just a, a beautiful happy photograph of uh, Michael handing his wife Mary some flowers and you can imagine after 43 years of marriage and it seems that Mrs Ryan has been living in this nursing home for the last two years and before the pandemic her 84 year old husband Michael went in to see her every single day. He never missed a day and then about this time last year, nursing home visits were stopped. He wasn't able to get in anymore to see her and he said yesterday, um, I, we had a great day here. I'm pure delighted. It's not a great thing? I'm pure delighted. He said, I used to come and see her through the window, but he said it really was not uh, the same. Now, he did manage to get in for a quick visit on St. Patrick's Day, but uh, yesterday was the first time they got to sit together and be really relaxed and uh, have a, a chat And he said, they'll be letting me in now twice a week. He said, I'm delighted with it. And as I say, just gorgeous photographs. But there's another reason to mention this particular nursing home. I haven't come across it before. Patterson's Nursing Home in uh, Ross Grey. Because they are, and I don't know how many other nursing homes are doing it. And that's why I give it a mention. They're paying for antigen testing, not just for their staff, but they're also paying for visitors' antigen, antigen testing, just so that everyone can be safe and give everybody an extra layer of security and to keep everybody uh, uh, safe, Um, and they actually opened up on Mother's Day again as long as people agreed to do an antigen antigen test they allowed people in on Mother's Day and Sandra Farrell is the manager of Patterson's Nursing Home and she said the the cost of the test is €15. It takes just minutes to administer. Visitors book the day before and on the day a nurse will administer the test just before they go in. Now visitors still have to wear masks and they still have to have their temperature checked and they still fill in uh, the COVID symptoms form and all of that. But Sandra Fowle, the manager, said that they're also giving their staff antigen testings, and she's actually, actually critical of the HSE because I didn't realise this, but the HSE have reduced the serial testing at nursing homes from once a week. To once a fortnight. She wasn't happy with that so they decided they'd bring in antigen testing just to make sure that all of their staff that none of them are bringing in COVID-19 into the nursing home. And when I saw that they were providing antigen testing, as I say it's costs €15 Euro a test and they're absorbing the cost. They're not asking the visitors to pay the €15 uh, Euro. and I know before the nursing homes were allowed to reopen yesterday for visitors we had tight daily Nursing Homes Ireland CEO on this programme and he they had called for the provision of antigen testing in all nursing homes. Again just to give an extra layer of security and protection to everybody in the nursing home. So good to see. As I say I don't know how many other nursing homes are doing it but even and I think it's good that they're actually covering the cost of it at 15 euro but I'm sure visitors themselves would willingly pay a contribution if not the entire 15 euro in order to guarantee that they could get in to see their loved one more than they've been able to get in during the last year. So as I say, it is one of the good news stories from this pandemic is we're always desperately trying to scramble to find any bit of, of positivity. But if you did get into, your, into a nursing home yesterday and you have a story to share with, you, share with us, I'd love to hear uh, from you. But you do need to contact your nursing home. And I'm sure most people at this stage have already done it and have already booked their time slot. And they're counting down the days, the hours and the minutes until they can physically go in and sit in a room with their loved one. Because for some nursing home residents, it's been a full year. Some nursing homes have never reopened uh, for visitors throughout the year, and they did that to keep everybody safe. And actually, I think that nursing home, that Patterson's nursing home in Ross Grey, was one of those nursing homes that they didn't allow people in at all, and they actually were one of the few nursing homes all over the country that they didn't have any cases of uh, COVID-19 so they managed to keep everybody uh, safe and of course there's been a surge in new COVID-19 cases in this country and it's now threatening any significant easing of restrictions and everybody's looking forward to some kind of easing of restrictions next month. There was now increasing concern across the three coalition parties ahead of what will be uh, crucial meetings on lifting coronavirus restrictions, senior government sources, raising concerns Concerns about allowing the construction industry to fully reopen next month. They're also ca- casting doubt about the rest of the second-level students. They are due to return to class after the Easter holidays. But with this surge in new cases, there's now a question mark and if all of the pupils will be going back after the Easter holidays, there's an acceptance within the three government parties that the five kilometre travel ban will be eased. What will it be eased by? We don't know. But uh, non-essential inter-county journeys could still be prohibited. More outdoor activities are expected to be permitted from April 5th, but government sources are saying people will not be allowed to gather in gardens to uh, socialise. It's more likely that what What will be announced is small groups of people will be permitted to exercise and to socialise outside, you know, settings like parks or in other areas. The danger there is if we get a blast of fine weather, will you have too many people socialising in parks and then will you end up with huge numbers inside in parks instead? So maybe looking at allowing people just to socialise in their own garden might actually be a better uh, move. Allowing sports such as golf and tennis to return. That's been uh, considered as our plan's. To allow children to take part in non-contact sports training and they'll obviously do that in small groups, they'll do it in small pods. They did that before, it worked very successfully. But I suppose the big concern when it comes to children, it's emerged that there is a rise in the number of COVID positive cases in primary school Children. It's averaging between 50 and 60 cases per day. And that's a high figure in small children. I don't know if we've had it that high before. School related play dates and the mixing of parents is behind some of this worrying increase of coronavirus in children according to public health officials. Philip Nolan, who tracks the virus, says it's quite clear there's some concern about a possible increase in cases. This is in children under the age of 12. At a briefing yesterday, public health doctors are reporting transmission is happening in activities around schools. It's not necessarily happening in the classroom. They're citing things like parents are meeting up for play dates and different family groups are meeting up but they're telling us now that between 50 and 60 school children are testing positive for the virus every day with just one in ten of the cases they can directly trace it back to the classroom now they do accept that the majority of parents are are following the public health rules but the few that are not is leading to outbreaks among children. Professor Nolan said last night that people are then bringing what is a very infectious virus and remember the, the one we're dealing, the strain we're dealing at the moment is the UK one this is a highly infectious virus people are then bringing it back into their homes and 59% of transmissions are now happening within households. Once the virus comes into the house around one in three people in that household Uh, will become affected. Now, we still have a problem with meat processing plants they continue to be a high risk of transmission for the virus and it's inevitable. There'll be outbreaks here, we're told, until the majority of staff are vaccinated. Now, serial testing is continuing in meat plants and antigen testing has also been uh, used. And you wonder when we're looking at priority groups for vaccination, should they be starting to consider meat processing plants? Because particularly when they continue to be a high risk for transmission and nobody... you know, while everybody is looking for some easing of restrictions, I think none of us want to go back to the nightmare that we had back in January when the virus literally ripped through the country. It cost so many lives, it filled up our hospitals, you know, and we were reporting 6,000 plus cases a day nobody, but nobody wants to go back uh, to that. So what's the plan for the pathway ahead and what's going to happen over the next week or two? Well it's this Thursday that NEFET will meet, now it'll be attended by all of the health uh, chiefs so they'll sit down and this is how the process will will unfold after that meeting, NEFET then will write with the recommendation to the Minister for Health Stephen Donnelly then Monday of next week the Cabinet Subcommittee on COVID-19 will consider what's contained in that letter from Neffet for the recommendation. And of course, that subcommittee has the Taoiseach, the Taoiseach, uh, the Eamon Ryan, the Minister for the Environment is there, the Minister for Health, the Minister for Finance, the Minister for Public Expenditure. All the big boys are, are on that cabinet Sub uh, committee. They So they'll meet, they'll take a look at what Neffet are recommenda- recommending then they, they don't have to take on board everything that Neffers recommends. And we know in the past, they don't always go with everything that Neffers rec- recommend. They then make their recommendation to the Cabinet regarding the easing of uh, restrictions. And it's that advice that's going to be crucial in deciding what restrictions will actually be eased. Then the three party leaders, they have a separate meeting there uh, on Monday, so they have further discussions. So then we move to this day week, Tuesday, the 30th of March. All the Cabinet ministers, as well as the two super juniors, uh, will meet on Tuesday. They consider... The NEFIT advice, they consider the recommendations from the Cabinet Sub uh, Committee, and then it's after that an announcement will be made. So sometime on um, Tuesday afternoon, six o'clock Tuesday seems to be a kind of a popular time for Mihol Martin plus some others to address uh, the nation. And then what are the restrictions likely to be? Everyone is waiting to hear what's going to happen on the five kilometre rule. Will it go to 10 kilometres? Will it go to 15 kilometres? Will it go to 20 kilometres? Or will people be allowed to travel within their own county? I even heard a suggestion yesterday that we may be allowed to travel anywhere in the country even though I think that one is absolutely wishful uh, thinking. To me, I'd love if we were able to travel within our own county and even that, I don't know with the way the numbers are rising if we're going to get the go-ahead for that. Obviously, this phased reopening of construction, that's certainly going to be on the table with private and public home building they're expecting could resume first and then commercial building sites would probably be two weeks after that that they would be allowed to opening. But it is... The plateauing and slightly rising in case numbers and it's the R number that's on uh, the rise and all because of that it's unlikely that we're going to see any major easing of restrictions. Uh, They're just going to have to strike some kind of a balance between avoiding a fourth wave and allowing us all a small bit of freedom. So all we can do is hope. So we will have another full week it'll be this day next week we'll be expecting the final sign off. So we have another week I suppose, where we can just be hopeful that the surge we've seen over the last few days, that somehow that will start to go down instead of back up. Some of your calls coming in, John. in Mallow said our leaders are on big money, yet they have made so many mistakes when it comes to this pandemic. The rollout of the vaccines, and look what happened with nursing homes this, this time last year, allowing COVID to get into our nursing homes with the salaries that they are on. They really shouldn't be getting things wrong, says John in Mallow. Marie in Castletown on the possible easing of the travel restrictions and lifting the 5k rule. Marie in Castletown actually hopes they leave it at 5k or at the very most only increase it to 20 kilometres. She said that would be enough for me. Here in Cork and Kerry our Covid cases are very low and she feels one of the big reasons for that is we here in Cork and Kerry reminding ourselves we're being cautious. We're not being overrun by people from the east coast coming to the southwest West Coast. If things were to open up again say they were allowing people to travel anywhere across the country given the high numbers in the east it could change things for us here in the south. Last summer was different as the whole country had low COVID figures but this time the east coast is still too high and certainly you're right much higher than it is here in Cork and Kerry so keep it either at the 5k are at the very most go to 20k. But no more, says Marie in Castletown Bear. Thank you for your call, Marie. Patricia, socialising and flouting of the rules is delaying our return to some kind of normality. Maybe it's time to introduce an 8pm curfew across the country and get everyone to socialise either in their own homes or in their own gardens. The protests and the people that were out and about over St Patrick's Day are probably responsible for the rise in the number of cases at present. The rule stated that exercise was allowed within our five kilometre radius. Meeting up in groups and picnicking with friends is not part of the Level 5 plan. Restriction of movement was so successful during the first wave and with Easter and warmer weather coming Figures will once again start to escalate. Anyone who objects is probably not adhering to the government's advice anyway. But for those of us who are trying so hard, it certainly would be welcomed. Thank you for that. Uh, Hi, Patricia. Parks are full as we speak. They are not keeping them out of parks. There's no cleaning going on of swings or other play uh, areas. Uh, they're all in the parks, especially when they're not in school. And that ties in with what Nefert was saying about the rise in the cases in children under the age of 12. They're saying that these are the children that are back in school and that it isn't. They, they reckon there's very few cases been traced back to the clasping. It's been traced back to play dates and families meeting up and parents meeting up, mums and dads meeting up and bringing the children to parks. And that's where uh, the cases are been uh, spread. I actually passed a park a couple of weeks ago and I saw a young mother in there and she had a, a bottle of spray, some kind of a Disinfectant um, spray with her, and she had her wet wipes in a little bag, and she was cleaning down the swings and the, uh, where her children were playing. And I thought it was really good of her, but I, d- I mean that's an individual case. I don't know with the council-run parks, it, is there anybody going in and cleaning down the equipment? I haven't heard of that going on. If anybody knows if it is going on, let us know. And Sandy said this is on the visitor testing when I mentioned the nursing home in Ross Grey, Patterson's nursing home in Ross Grey where they are providing antigen testing for visitors and for staff and the owner's of the nursing home are paying the 15 euro for the antigen test. They're not asking the visitors to pay it. Uh, Sandy says the cost of the testing should be partially paid by the visitors. I've been told that nursing homes charge very high figures here in the Republic of Ireland and is allegedly a very profitable business. Cost of testing will be absorbed by nursing homes in theory but in reality the charge will be passed on in patients' fees regardless of the number of visits to individual relatives. So maybe people might be just better off paying for the test at the start. That's from Sandy. Thanks for that Sandy and hi says another texter why do we not just close down the country fully for 14 days have a complete lockdown? everything shut, everybody in, curfews, the whole whole lot, nothing open. This opening and closing and jumping in and out of lockdown simply is not a working. I'd be interested in people's thoughts on curfews. How would they feel about it? Would you like to see that, that everyone has to be off the streets? Other countries have very successfully put curfews in place. I don't think we've ever looked at or thought about doing a curfew in this, in this country, but would it be one way of stopping the rise that we're starting to see again? Because as I mentioned, nobody, I think there is literally no, none of us wants to go back to the nightmare that we had in January when the virus literally just ripped through this uh, country and the problems that it caused in our hospitals and sadly the number of people that passed away. 1850 333 103 John Paul taking your calls, you can text our WhatsApp 0862
0: 103
4: 103. Cork Today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's sale. now part of McCarthy Insurance Group Want great advice? You know who to talk to. See mig.ie.
3: With a promise of everyone over the age of 70 getting their first jab of COVID-19 vaccine by mid-April with everybody over 70 hopefully fully vaccinated by the end of May is now the time to start looking at a vaccination passport or a green certificate. East Cork, Fianna Fáil. Deputy James O'Connor thinks so and he joins me with his views this morning. Good morning to you, James.
1: Good morning, Patricia. Now,
3: we can add to that list I mentioned of the over 70s, all of our healthcare workers, the majority of those expected to be uh, fully vaccinated within uh, a week or two. Explain your thoughts around this, what you're calling a digital green pass.
1: So that's it. So the digital green pass is a very interesting proposal that we first saw emerging actually from Israel um so what happened a number of a number of weeks ago and probably about a month ago now that Israel started to trial out the digital green pass system uh within the country basically allowing for the fact that obviously they were very far ahead of, of any other country in the world in terms of vaccinating their own population uh, of course Israel are outside of the European Union which allows uh, allowed them to do their own deals in terms of securing vaccines uh, and because of that uh, obviously there was a larger group within society uh, that 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 that's inoculated uh, for the COVID nineteen uh, uh, or for for the COVID nineteen uh, virus. So basically, the system is now uh, working in Israel, and it means that people who have been vaccinated are actually allowed to return to some degree of normality on a domestic level. Now, there's a big debate raging across the European Union about what exactly the potential for a European vaccination passport could mean Uh, and many people that means a return to international travel but for me Patricia from my perspective I'd like to see it being done on a domestic level so that we would allow people who are vaccinated I'm thinking of the older people in our society over the age of 65. Uh, that will be vaccinated and are, are, are currently vaccinated after receiving your first or second dose or, or soon to get their, uh, their doses of this vaccination, would we'll be allowed to perhaps return to go on domestic holidays within Ireland and, and travel again and be able to utilise facilities that may reopen. So it offers this, this, this
3: perspective. So so you're thinking if... if Restaurants would be allowed to open and the vaccinated people could go in and maybe have a a meal. Or maybe that a cinema could open, they could go to the cinema. That, you're talking about those kind of social events?
1: Precisely so that's what's happening in Israel is that they're actually seeing the settings for like restaurants and, uh, and cafes have actually just only recently reopened, so they started at a more uh, a, a larger scale level in terms of the of the venues places like gyms and places like cinemas reopened first and then obviously uh, uh, other congregated settings that would be i suppose would they, they would have a higher density of individuals within them, like restaurants and cafes uh, reopened uh, only more recently. But we'll be in a situation like Israel in the in, in, in not-too-distant future, about eight or nine weeks' time. Uh, we will be looking at a situation where a very substantial amount of people uh, will have received their vaccination. So I think it's a wonderful opportunity for us to allow... So many people, whether they're frontline ca- uh, front healthcare workers uh, or, or people who, who, who have been cocooning for so long uh, to be able to get out and take advantage of this and get a head start perhaps from young people like myself, because I'll be waiting until the very end of the queue, I think, to get vaccinated, unfortunately, because I'm, I'm quite young. Um, but I think But another sure
3: obvious one, particularly for the over uh, 70s, would be allowing them to go back into churches for mass.
1: Exactly. You know, the, the, the little things I was speaking about on the weekend for, that are so important to people, whether it's going to their own own local church uh, or whether it's going to, uh, you know, a, fam- a family birthday party or a, or a Holy Communion, all these things are so badly missed um, and they made such a meaningful difference to people's lives. And I know after this pandemic, I I, I missed Sunday mass to be honest. Is our local gathering in Kilad Church, uh, where we would all see the community, um, and you know, little things like that made made an awful difference. I think people will appreciate that even more when we go back to some degree of normality, Patricia. Uh, but I have to say that uh, you know there is a chance here for the Irish government to actually uh, try and do what they did in Israel. Obviously, it's worked noting that there would be a considerable concern, I I suppose, in the civil liberties aspect of it. That's something I I accept. I, I acknowledge that fact. Um, but at the same time, it's something I feel it will be worth trying over the next number of months. This is a short term measure to give people back some degree of dignity that this pandemic has so cruelly taken away from them. But uh, the, 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 one, the one
3: the one difficulty I have with comparing us with Israel, Israel are so far ahead of us when it comes to the rollout of the vaccine. Is there a danger that this digital green pass could cause a bit of vaccine envy and maybe even divide the generations. Granny will be allowed to go out, but the grandchildren or the children won't be allowed to go out.
1: I actually appreciate and agree to a certain extent of what you're saying. It's so important to manage that messaging. But I do think it's worth work, work bearing in mind. We're in a situation now, oh, Patricia, as a local TD in, in the Cork area. I can tell you that people's moods throughout the country they're not great. People are very frustrated and angry. And, uh you know, I think we need to give people hope, give them something tangible uh, that when they have received their vaccination that we can reward them in some way. And it's such an important thing for the government to do. I spoke last night with the Minister for Health. To be fair, he rang me very late at was quarter to ten last night when I received a phone call from him uh, to discuss this this idea and also um rapid antigen testing, um, something I've been discussing for a long time. There's a report back during that. Uh, this week as well from the Department of Health uh, on how rapid antigen tests could be further rolled out in our society so you know we need to figure out how we can all get through the next five or six months just on the point you made Patricia on vaccinations which is uh, very uh, very astute to be honest uh, obviously we are far behind Israel I accept that there's 500,000 people in Ireland now after their first dose and just 180,000 are after their second dose but in a number of weeks time in about a, about a month or I suppose between a month and two months time we will be at a, far, a much more further advanced um, rate in Ireland and it's in that context I'd like to see this being being considered and what we should do in the meantime over the next number of weeks is to actually figure out a way in which the digital path may be possible to be implemented. Of course, Ireland was one of the first countries in the world, it was the envy of the world, as a matter of fact, when we designed the COVID app for, 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 for smartphones. Uh, and I think we should use something like that COVID app again uh, to try and, and implement
3: such and, a and get it up and running and let the elderly people get a head start almost. Is what you're suggesting. John wants to know and this is probably your point on civil liberties what happens to those who refuse to take the vaccine do they become second class citizens?
1: Well, my my view is uh, uh, something I I I believe is very important that everybody who 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 is able to receive this vaccination should take it. Um, you know, it, it, I think it's important that we must realise that a, a large degree of the population must be inoculated in order to achieve a situation where we do have what's the term the term known as herd immunity. I think that's exceptionally an important point to make. And uh, We actually saw. Uh, with other other uh, illnesses such as uh, i think just measles and other 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 cases of 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 um of farmer viruses that uh, that we have in our population that vaccinations have been critical in keeping them suppressed and in in, in cases where there was a low uptick, we have unfortunately seen outbreaks so i I appreciate for many people. Uh, that vaccinations are, are, are a matter of, I think, deep, deep concern to some individuals. But what I would say to them so we must look to the past at things like polio where we, where, where we successfully eradicated many of these horrible, horrible diseases, um, through inoculation and vaccinations. And some of the best researchers and scientists and healthcare professionals in the world are advocating for this. And I trust our doctors and I trust our, our, our scientists that are out there. Uh, in order to to, to, to you know, ensure that there is high, a high degree of confidence in the vaccination.
3: Are you personally frustrated with the slow rollout of the vaccination programme, especially compared I'll be, I'll to our new neighbours, the UK?
1: I will be honest with you, Patricia, I did, did outline many of my concerns to the Minister for Health last night. You know, this has not been smooth sailing. Um, I do feel there's a, a lack of communication in particular, Patricia, around the fact that Ireland is a country doesn't produce vaccinations. There's, there's, there's actually a surprising number of people, you know, they say to me, why aren't we getting more? They, they don't understand the process around the procurement. I think the government has not done enough in that regard. And it, it, has, it has heightened frustrations amongst people. There is a lot of countries fully developed nations around the world like ourselves that, 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 that people feel should be in a capacity to to, or, or to, to obtain um, these vaccinations or to cure them. But in reality, we're going through the same challenge as many of our European colleagues. And the European Union certainly has let people down Many people who are uh, major uh, supporters of the European Union and the European movement in Ireland all admit that they are deeply frustrated around the, I suppose, the more bureaucratic uh, uh, failures of the European Union in this regard. And there's, a, there's an awful lot of learning. I'm so hopeful that in a number of months' time we will be through the very worst of what has been the most terrible year, in, in certainly in my own lifetime, and I know many of those who are listening here on the radio today, Uh, and there's many lessons that we have to learn and something we do have to uh, look at in the future is how Ireland potentially could become a hub for vaccination production. Uh, Of course, Cork is one of the leading pharmaceutical regions, not only in in the country, but in the world. Um, And and we have to to see if we can be in a position in the future that Ireland could produce vaccinations and how that could benefit the people of this country.
3: But it also seems, and I I know there seems to be an EU-UK vaccine supply row uh, rumbling uh, on, but I mean, To hear that half of the COVID-19 vaccines produced in the EU so far have been exported and in fairness it's the UK have benefited hugely from, from that and yet the EU have received no vaccine exports from the UK so they're keeping all of the vaccines they're producing themselves, yet they're taking the vaccines from the, that we're producing within the, uh, the EU. And I know your, your own leader, uh, Micheál Martin, he's rejecting EU proposals to tighten controls over vaccine exports. But a lot of people are kind of saying fair is fair. If we're making it within the EU and we're falling behind countries like the UK, we should be keeping those vaccines
5: for ourselves.
1: That's right patricia it's a matter of, of enormously deep uh, concern to me uh, something I've spoken about in the do Chamber before was around uh, before this row blew up in the last number of days was around my concerns about the eu 's procurement and about around exports as well patricia and and just so people who are not aware what we're talking about here is the forty one point six million doses of vaccination that have been exported by the European Union to other countries. Of course, this comes from the fact that there are are different pharmaceutical companies that already have um, contracts issued to separate countries outside of the EU block um for supply but their production is done within the EU and but but if you look on the other side of it, the United Kingdom, as you said, has exported zero and the United States have exported zero. So that is, a, that is an issue of deep concern to me and it's something I have said in the Doll Chamber that the European Commission needs to get its act together in this regard. It's damaging people's confidence um, in, in governments right around Europe. It really has, um, I've seen the toll it has taken on our own political party um, with a drop, significant drop in support that we've received. So the, 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 the blame really that, that, that this should be put on the shoulders of the European Commission for Health and the European Commission's president has been pushed onto governments right around Europe. So we have to See a greater degree of responsibility. I actually don't feel. It so, so should or,
3: should Micheál Martin back those proposals to tighten the control over the I over the v- vaccines. O-
1: o- o- over Ireland preventing um, preve- over Ireland uh, not not uh, I suppose outlining our concerns around um, the EU's current level of exports of vaccination. I think we need to get our own house in order first within the European Union, but also I suppose I have to be quite mindful. I'd like to see an All Ireland approach. I don't think the people of Northern Ireland should suffer as a result of that. But We have to remember, of course, that 10 million of those vaccinations um, that are exported to the 41 million in, in, in the European Union are ex- being exported to the UK. Many of those are going to the north. So it's important that we do remember from our own perspective that there are hundreds of thousands of Irish citizens in the, in Northern Ireland who we must remember here too and it's important. Yeah, but they didn't that. say
3: it was 10 million it was a, it was 10 million doses left the EU and went to Britain since February. 10 million doses didn't go to Northern Ireland.
1: Well that's of course that's true but a part of that 10 million package Patricia is of course going to the NHS services in Northern Ireland so it's worth bearing in mind that if we're asking for that to be clamped down citizens in the north will be affected by such a decision as well. But okay. look, that's not getting away from the fact and I want to be crystal clear here of those 41.6 million doses, uh, I think that Ireland should be uh, calling on the European Union to look after European people first, looking after Irish people first, and, and, or people, resident residents here in Ireland, uh, that I feel uh, you know should be entitled to that vaccination first. And the reason I'm saying that is because the United States are not exporting their vaccinations. The United Kingdom are not exporting their vaccinations, but the European Union are. Well, so uh, the, U- the United States
3: forth. are lending some of their AstraZeneca to Canada and to Mexico.
1: That's correct, but that process has not begun yet. I think as the latest facts from Bloomberg that were available over the weekend, um, that, that, that that process has not yet begun, but they are in discussions with a number of countries, including Brazil as well, which would be quite interesting. But just back to here in Ireland, I do feel that the digital green pass will offer many people in our society who have made enormous sacrifices over the last year um, some degree of normality and being able to return perhaps to go on a weekend break to some, whether it's from Corktown to Killarney or, people to come and visit our own county as well. It'll help tourism, it'll help the economy and it'll give people something uh something to I suppose feel positive about for the next six months where we get over the rough part of the pandemic in terms of waiting okay. for the vaccination. And
3: I know the European Parliament they're voting later this week on whether or not to fast track the approval process for the COVID nineteen that the vaccination uh travel certificate. Are we still in this country saying to people foreign travel is still off the agenda? is is that what the government is saying?
1: Yes. That's very much what the government is saying at this point in time, and it's something I, I did say earlier on uh, in this interview, just just when I was introducing this, just to separate it out from that. I think that we need to look at allowing people to travel down the road, not going across the continent in flights at the moment. Uh, I accept, I'm on, I'm on the Transport Committee, I'm a huge supporter of Cork Airport, but I do accept that international travel is a degree of enormous frustration and concern to so many people in Ireland. Uh, they They say that to me on a very regular basis, and unfortunately... Many people took, uh, abused, um, uh, I, I suppose abused, um, I suppose the, their, their, their privilege in the sense they went abroad and went on holidays. And unfortunately, what happened when there was people who were doing essential travel and uh, that has caused huge huge um, disruption to them as well. So I don't think the European Union's move in this regard is wise just yet. We're not at a stage uh, where we should be looking at something like this. We should be looking at allowing people to travel within their own areas, their own countries
3: at the moment. But not, not overseas. We well, you, exactly. you, you may have answered the question. Thomas in the city has contacted us to say, we're booked to go to America on the 5th of May. We will both have had our vaccinations by that date. Can we go are there flights going? Are they still? Are, are they? Are they doing overseas travel?
1: So, if you have a, if you have citizenship of the United States, my understanding is at present is that you're still able to travel. But other than that, that would not be recommended. Obviously, uh, it, 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 I'd leave each individual um, to their own devices, depending on their their citizenship status. Um, but, but you're also
3: going to need to check: Will you be allowed into the states?
1: Exactly, so yeah. there, there was yeah. very okay. severe restrictions put in place to prevent right. foreign citizens' landing in the United States so that's something I would check.
3: Okay, we'll leave it there James, listen, thank thanks. you for that <laughs> and thanks uh, for joining us on the programme that is uh, Corky Stoll Deputy James O'Connor on a digital green pass to allow life to return to normal for those who have been vaccinated. 1850
0: Court Today on C103
4: With Sean Cusack Insurances can Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. C-M-I-G I-E. Listening
3: to James uh, O'Connor's suggestion that people who are vaccinated would be given a digital green pass, in particular uh, the people over the age of 70 when they're fully vaccinated, to allow them to go out and uh, get back to normal activities and it's been trialled and is running successfully in uh, I- Israel. Uh, and one of the suggestions is they'd be able to go into a hotel, they'd be able to go into a restaurant and have a meal, for example. Uh, James Amalow says, what about the staff in these hotels? Many of them, uh, many people who work work in hotels are young they won't be vaccinated so is it safe for the older members of society to go out wi- while vaccinated into these places while staff remain not vaccinated the WHO have said that even when you're fully vaccinated you can still pass on uh, the virus so you're saying the young people would be at risk from the older people well the, the jury's still out on that they still don't know if people have been vaccinated what well, they won't get what well, they could pick up COVID-19 they're not going to get very sick they may not even realise they have it and will they pass it on but I think the rules, as we've been told, even if you're vaccinated, you still wear your mask, you still do your hand sanitising and all of that to keep everybody around you as safe as possible. But the jury is still out on how much of it can actually pass on to somebody who hasn't been uh, vaccinated. But yes, so much uh, to tease out. That's why I think it's, an, it's difficult to compare it with Israel because Israel, so many people, are vaccinated of all age groups. Now I'm backed up with that, so I've got to take another uh, break here as we head to news at uh, 12. Midday will catch up. A lot of your calls coming in, particularly about the Claire Byrne show last night that spoke about the possibility of a united Ireland. Lots of people have comments in about that. We'll get uh, to that. Uh, and also looking at construction. And is there a danger we could lose some of our construction workers if construction doesn't get back up and running?
0: Court Today on C103
4: With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. promoter motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance cmig.ie Nick Richards plays Cork's greatest hits for your workday on C103. I'm back in the afternoons for Cork's greatest hits. Ah!
6: your favourite show in the afternoons? No, it's gone out
4: of my head. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Playing Cork's greatest hits while you work. Nick Richards. Weekdays from one. C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
3: Lots and lots of... Uh, texts coming into the programme this morning. Hi Patricia I know of a hairdresser who is working from a converted building beside her house and she's got a good number of customers coming and going how can this be right? It just makes me so cross that this is going on and she's more than likely drawing a Covid payment at the same time. There are people who are having several foreign holidays and leading the high life in normal circumstances it is no wonder when I see what people are doing I just get so angry. Take care and thank you. I think a lot of people anecdotally will tell you that there seems to be uh, in the black economy, the shadow market, there seems to be a lot of hairdressers doing work and then on the converse of that, I mean we had a hairdresser who joined us only last week who he himself admitted that he knows there's a lot of hairdressing barbers working in, in the black economy and he was making the point that hairdressers should be allowed to open up. It would stop all that work going ahead and plus you'd be guaranteed that people who are going in to salons and with very strict rules and regulations like we had before, everyone would be safe. There was little or no outbreaks linked to hairdressers or barbers or beauticians when we had them opened up before. But looking at what's been leaked out of what's going to happen from April 5th, it doesn't look like hairdressers are mentioned on it. But yeah, we are hearing of a number of people are saying that if you look around, you'll see people that clearly have had their hair done and they've had it done professionally. Uh, Sandy says on the vaccine, I'm not a fan of Hall Martin, but he and others have pointed out that the UK and other countries are suppliers of main ingredients of most COVID, for most COVID vaccine Manufacturers, And that's one of the reasons why Micheál Martin objects to the proposal to tighten up the controls over the vaccines that are made in the EU. Um, other countries, the US included, said Sandy, purchased the AstraZeneca vaccine even before it had not even been manufactured. The EU Medicines Agency did not give the go ahead for use of AstraZeneca, even though it had... The, it had EU-approved research funding and they did not pre-purchase enough vaccines when they got in with their orders. It was too late. The UK, US, for example, America, took delivery of 30 million AstraZeneca vaccines before it was even tested. Yeah, and they're still, they still haven't used one of them, Sandy. They still haven't approved it, even though there's data coming out from the US that they say the AstraZeneca vaccine is a very safe vaccine but they're still not using it in their own country yet but then they have enough Pfizer and Moderna and they're also using the Johnson Johnson they have enough other vaccines they don't necessarily need to use the AstraZeneca vaccine at all How can you holiday? This is on people staycationing in Ireland now and I think as we get into the summer we're going to hear more and more comments like this How can you holiday here with the prices that are being charged I looked up a venue in Killarney and they've gone up by nearly €100 for three nights for the same three nights over last year and we have already started to hear from people who had, had early bookings or had a booking say from last year particularly on the self-catering accommodation who say had a booking last year and when everything shut down people transferred their booking to this year and they're getting contacted by the provider to say that the price of renting your self-catering accommodation has gone up in some cases 800 a €1,000 we've heard of some people and, uh, and you either pay it or if you don't pay it, the booking gets cancelled and a lot of people are very, very annoyed about that. that and then, so you'll wonder how many people will be staycationing this year. But yet I read a report Yesterday or this morning, I think I read it, that I think is it 80% of self-catering accommodation has been booked out across uh, Cork and Kerry already for this summer. So there are people willing to pay, but people will pay more certainly than they paid last year. Whether the prices will come back down next year, only time will tell. But staycationing is going to be expensive uh, this year Uh, on the digital green Passport that we spoke about with Deputy James O'Connor. Somebody said, I think it's very unfair on carers. Carers are once again being forgotten about, and the TD you had on about letting people who are, who are vaccinated go out and about that I would call discrimination against those who are not uh, vaccinated. And there's a few other people actually in on that, not that happy about the idea of a vaccination passport of uh, types. Uh, Somebody says uh, are these people for real or this is on the curfew as well saying that we should have a curfew in this country and stay at the five kilometre limit, not and no opening up of business. It's like though uh, it's It's the like of these people that have plenty of money that they want the country to stay in lockdown. Is this government for real a passport to prove that you've been vaccinated? What about people who can't or don't want a vaccination? Are those people to be discriminated against and will be prisoners in our own home? Where is data protection in all of this? We've been blackmailed to take this vaccine. I will never again trust this government or the health People again, says uh, listeners, no name on that. And actually, somebody else is querying something that they heard about the vaccine. Catherine, thank you for your text, Catherine. But I'm not calling it out because there's too much misinformation going around about vaccines. And I say to everybody, if you read something online, uh, bear in mind, check the source of what you're reading online. I mean, only on Facebook it came out, they took down 300 posts. That was just fake news all linked to uh, vaccines. If you've got any worries or concerns about vaccines, your first port of call will be your GP. Talk to your GP. And if you're, if you're going to go online to source information, then just make sure that where the information is coming from, make sure that it's not fake news and that it is genuine information that you're actually uh, getting. Hi, Patricia, listening about your comments on the uh, five kilometres um, I agree. I think we should remain within our five kilometres. We are gone absolutely mad. The way the figures are rising again, it will only get worse, says this texter. Somebody else says, Trisha, I heard you talking about swings and slides inside in playgrounds and the fact that is anybody cleaning them and who's cleaning them and are they being deep cleaned? My bigger worry is about timber tables and chairs. You know the ones that you'll see in picnic areas or you might see them outside of takeaways. Are these tables being sanitised? I can't believe the amount of people who sit there, uh, particularly with the current situation and the fact that we have rising numbers. Is anybody cleaning down those tables? But then Catherine, one of our other listeners, says, it's up to everybody to clean the swings themselves when you use them. Why does everybody expect to have somebody going around sanitising everything for everybody else? Mind yourself and your own family and don't be worrying about the neighbours says Catherine and that ties in with that young mother who I saw who had her two young children. Of course children put their hands everywhere and hands go into mouth and up noses and in eyes and she was very clearly cleaning everything herself before she was allowing her own children so she was certainly taking on a bit of responsibility herself and Catherine is a that that's what people need to do. Hi Patricia, there's a house in my village. There's a house party going on there every weekend. It's the likes of these people who are keeping us all in lockdown. This is only in one uh, village Can you imagine if that's happening in every village and in every town? And by the way, it's not young people having the party, it's older people. And I feel that these older people should know better, says the No Name on that. Hi, Patricia. Already the children returning to school and what's happening? We're seeing an increase in the number of COVID cases before any other easing of level five measures. We are being baited with daily numbers over the easing of the five kilometres. I live in a rural area and nothing less then opening up the, the full county will ease life for us. There will never be zero cases of COVID. We just have to learn to live with it the way we do with flu. Um, kind regards, says a listener. Yeah, and for people in rural areas, the 5k going to 10k or 20k, could in many cases make little or no uh, difference I I think that listener is right the only way for those listeners is to completely open up the county now there was a programme on last night I don't know how many people saw it the Clareburn show and they were having a discussion around a united Ireland and they had in studio they had Mary Lou MacDonald and they had Leo Varadkar and then they had a member of the DUP who came in on a screen afterwards uh, to talk. A number of people are commenting on that, including Anne in Says I was watching the debate on the United Ireland last night. Really interesting. But what really stood out for me was the conversation between Mary Lou and Leo both spoke so well, both made their points and I was thinking if we got rid of party politics, what fantastic politicians we would have. Too many times they argue on what their parties stand for or what somebody did in the past and what somebody said in the past and the party grassroots then get more and more worked up when they hear all about that and it's all about electing somebody from the party rather than worrying about what the people want and what the people actually need. I would love to see everybody just working together for the greater good Of the country rather than parties getting more seats and then leaving us, in some cases, with poor politicians. So just let a party get into uh, power. What would others think of that? And thank you for that, Anne. And I do agree with you. The, the one thing that stood out to me watching that debate last night as well is exactly what you have said there. The fact that they both listened to each other. Every, you know, there was nobody jumping in and that constant shouting over each other where you end up, you can't hear anything. And I think the Anne is right. It just frustrates people and it gets grassroots supporters ride up did you hear what she said did you hear what he said to her and you know it just goes on and on and on where well, they were very dignified they both made their points they were able to argue against each other's points pick each other up on each other's points whether they had agreed beforehand that there would be absolutely no interruption and there literally was no interruption and another listener's know her name on this know by WhatsApp says, oh my God, Patricia, while I watched Claire Byrne last night, I was shocked by Leo Varadkar and his thoughts on changing our language, making it more English to suit the Unionists as an all-Ireland approach. Forget it, Leo. You've really shot yourself in the foot with that statement. It's Ireland. And if they want to stay, then they need to behave and live in and respect the country they live in and its culture and its language and whatever else it involves. At the end of the day, the unionists in Northern Ireland are a minority. The Catholics have suffered enough from these bullies over the years. Give Ireland back to the Irish as it should have been long, long ago. Mary Lou gave it to them both ...between the two eyes. Religion is an issue. Sure it is, whether we like it or not. It will be a united Ireland, so Gregory Campbell of the DUP can just get over himself or else leave this island. We shouldn't accommodate anyone like others in the past we were not accommodated. It's the same with our schools here. They make me laugh when we're meant to change our religion because so many people of different religions are coming into this country and we're trying to accommodate others. At the end of the day we are predominantly a Catholic country so people who want to live here are welcome but they shouldn't dictate to those of us who have always lived here. I wouldn't expect if I moved to another country that people would change their rules just because I was of different belief and different views. Leave our statues for for example in our schools and in our hospitals they are our heritage be proud don't be wimps and the likes of Gregory Campbell who also featured on the programme last night and his likes they can do a DUP exit according to this list Okay, that's just some of your comments as I say that came in following that programme if you watched it last night 1850 333 103 C103 Jobs a finance slash office manager is required for work in liscar experience in sage budgets and payroll etc mobile crane operator slash laborer is wanted that's to work in a cork city site while traffic management operatives are wanted in Castletown Bear, no experience is necessary but you must have manual handling and safe pass uh, tickets. And a maintenance worker slash general operative required for a part-time 20-hour contract for Ballyduff Winton and Community Services. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward jobs for more. This is C103.
0: Court today on C103
4: with Sean Cusack. Insurances Kinsale. now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. Cmig.ie. The
3: listener says, Patricia, you just made a very silly statement there. When a listener was uh, querying something that they had read about the vaccine and you are saying to ask your GP about safety of the vaccine. That is a crazy statement. No doctor can predict the outcome of being vaccinated especially with these RNA injections. Well the point I was trying to make was it, just be careful where you go to get your information about vaccines and that's where you need uh, to talk to your GP because they'll have the signs behind it. I was just querying a statement that had come in which I didn't read out uh, from uh, a listener who had heard something or read something online. I was just making the point you need to be very careful where you get your information for and to me your first port of call will always be your GP who will be able to back up the signs and explain it to you better. But thank you for your text to 0862 103 103. Now the political heat is rising on the Minister for Housing, Dara O'Brien, amid calls to reopen the construction sector on April the 5th after his original March date was missed. But in a sign of difficulties to come, Senator Tim Lombard is worried that we may lose some of our skilled workers to the UK if we don't reopen construction sectors soon. And Senator Tim Lumbridge joins me. Good morning to you, Tim. Good morning, Patricia. And, and you're welcome. Are you hearing that workers are actually getting offers to go to the UK to work?
7: Yeah. And I think, look, the big issue here is that Look over the last 13 weeks we've had a a construction sector that's been kind of working in a kind of unusual vacuum so Irish water projects um, Corkville Council projects and social housing projects have all been moving forward but private housing development have been actually stalled for the last 13 weeks and that's a major cohort of workers that are effectively you know doing nothing at the moment and there's been major offers made um, in particular going to London that um, they're being offered not alone very good rates but also digs their actual accommodation paid for over there and this activity is after kind of happening in the Irish market in the last three or four weeks in particular my major worry here is that look we're in the middle of a housing crisis there's a huge issue and a huge demand for both social and private housing and if we have this issue of losing trained skilled workers going to the UK trying to get that housing market up and going again and that construction sector could be a huge issue for the next few months and I think Look, there's big decisions that need to be made at the start of April. One of the big issues have to be about how we're going to reopen the actual construction sector We have an anomaly there at the moment. I think that anomaly has to be addressed. Otherwise, we're only kind of cutting a stick to beat ourselves because we won't have the housing units that are required that the general public will require in the next few months.
3: And this was always going to be a problem, wasn't it, because of Brexit. They lost so many of their construction workers, particularly from the likes of the Eastern European countries. People left Britain. Uh, So there was always going to be a problem that they, they had a drought on construction workers so the obvious choice was to look to Ireland.
7: Absolutely, and I think that um, Brexit now really has kicked in in the month of February onwards in the UK when they actually realised what they did with Brexit. And their reaction has been to go to their nearest neighbour and looking for actual workers and skilled workers. And look, that's Ireland at the moment. And we have a major cohort of people that haven't worked in the last 13 weeks, and they've tapped into that, and they're paying really good rates. And the actual accommodation issue is an amazing throw it's, as well to make sure they actually can get them on board, but like there's families here. We've our families on Tumida have houses half finished and they're living with their parents.
3: Yeah, <clears> yeah, excuse
7: me. And they're also living in rented accommodation, and like they're frustrated for the last 13 weeks with their project stopped and nothing happening, and they don't know when they're actually going to get movement on site itself so there are so many issues here pertaining to it and the big issue here is that when it comes to the 5th of April, I think the construction sector has to be the level key. I think we have to make sure that we do ensure that private housing development is included because that cohort of workers, if they don't get work soon, some will leave, some have left. But the majority will be looking at their neighbours and friends that have left and seeing what they got over in the UK, and they'll follow them.
3: And, and you can you issue. can understand, particularly those workers that you say have been out of work for thirteen weeks. Many of them were out of work across last year as well. Bills are starting to mount if they have you know their own mortgages they've got to be uh, paid back. You can understand why workers would leave. Absolutely,
7: and look, if you're in a family scenario, you've, obviously you've commitments with um, family life that you need to pay for and the current payment rates compared to working aren't applicable at all, so you would leave. But if you are a young male or female in your early 20s and you got offered a job in the UK tomorrow morning rather than staying at home with your parents, I'm sure you'd absolutely jump at the opportunity of going. And I think that's the problem we have. I think the attraction of the UK now has become so strong and we do have this issue that we we're, we're literally going to be down eighty thousand units this year because of what happened with the pandemic. Like this is to me, private housing development is an emergency issue. I don't I don't think we we were right to actually break the scenario between Irish Water projects, Cork Council projects, and social housing projects as emergency, and private housing development as not emergency. To me, private housing development to development was as important as the other three cohorts. And we need to make sure that we actually straighten that line now on the 5th of March or 5th of April so people have the opportunity to actually go back to work well, on the other side, the people that are waiting for these houses to be complete will have a fixed date when they can actually get these houses complete so they can actually move in there.
5: Yeah,
3: I was I was reading on online that the government appears to be looking at a modest opening of building in April. I don't know if you know what that means and, and would I that don't. be enough?
7: I don't. And I'm, I'm talking at the PP about this, the part meeting tomorrow night about this again. I did it two weeks ago as well. Like to me, working in construction is quite a safe scenario. I think they have, the Building Federation of Ireland have really put really good parameters in place. Like housing not safe to be working in a social housing project as being safe for COVID and working a private housing project being not safe for COVID. I don't think there's, any lo- there's logic there. I think they've done so much to ensure that people are going to be working by themselves and working in an environment where they're not going to be, you know, on top of each other. So they've done an awful lot of work and I think, Because of that, having people go back to private housing development projects is really, in my opinion, not changing the rules too much and the minimum risk to COVID is going to be there. Because we're not asking people to be, you know, stuck one-on-one. It's going to be working in a controlled environment. A lot of these are going to be outdoor environments as well. Mm. So, like, there is a logic to what I'm proposing. I'm not probably off-losing my mad. not going mad yet, but I think... Unless we work to, unless we move forward with this project, the knock-on effect is eighty thousand houses won't be delivered. More people are going to be looking for housing, and that we're going to lose really, really valuable skilled workers to the UK. And the problem I have is when you go to the UK to try and get them back to come to
3: Ireland, it's going to be the next step. Yeah, yeah we, really, really difficult. And of course, another ad- advantage to any of those workers that they're over the age of 50, they'll get a vaccination by moving over to the UK as well. Yeah. Which and which, which so, some will see as an added bonus.
7: Yeah, and look, they're way ahead of us on the vaccination programme. They're probably going to open up society a lot faster than us because of the vaccination programme is running to the millions over there compared to us. And that is an attraction as well, in particular if you're younger or older. If you're older, you have the advantage of actually getting the vaccine. If you're younger, you probably might have better lifestyle for the next few
3: months. OK, so, so we, need, we need to move yeah. on this and move on this quick. OK, issue. just while we have you on the line, just on a different topic, because we got so many calls in when this story broke yesterday over the decision by Permanent TSB to fully automate some of its uh, branches, particularly in uh, West Cork. I mean, are we heading to a scenario where there won't be a bank left in West Cork if everything keeps going the way it's going?
7: Yeah, look, TSB have done a crazy decision, I think. Their proposal in South Main Street Bandon was the original one, which we're gonna automate that um uh, that branch that's literally two doors up from my office. And the only reason I heard of it is because people are literally coming to the office going, Do you know what's happening next door? Um they've done the exact same thing now in Skipperine. Uh the one in Clonakilty, I believe hasn't changed. That's still going to be actually manned. But of the three branches in West Cork, two of them now gonna be automated. And, like, I have people on me who are looking for um, either bank checks to be to be uh, written checks to get bank drafts or to get foreign currency. All these issues now can't be done in their local branches in Skipperine or, or Bandon. You have to go to Clonakilty. But the knock-on effect is, are we really going to go to a scenario where there are going to be three people in Bandon, three people in Skipperine, and you won't have the ability to meet anyone? And that's going to be a huge issue for how we're going to run our banking sector or banking society. That personal one-on-one contact is now being machined out of it, for, back of a, back, for lack of a better word. And I think there has to rethink of what the banking sector are doing. Like we've had Ulster Bank step out of the market. We've had Bank of Ireland close branches in the last few weeks. And now TSB are automating branches. And, and, ba- and
3: Bank of Ireland are closing 103 mm. by the the end of September, and I know actually Bank of Ireland are going before the Irish Finance Committee uh, later today. And one of their one of Bank of Ireland's defence is that they are moving with what customers want. They're saying more and more people are switching to online or they're doing their banking over the phone. And they're saying the number of people physically visiting the branches has dropped. But what really gets to me is they keep talking about the, the footfall over the last 12 months. We were living in the middle of a pandemic. We were telling people not to go out. What do they expect? but there be a, a fall in footfall?
7: And I think that's a very logical argument, you know, it's just like you can't take the last 12 months of the parameter for anything. But what Bank of Ireland effectively did three years ago was they made some of these, autom- these banks literally automate it. And because of that, then they slowed up the footfall and then eventually they had the argument they could close it. And I think that's what's going to happen to Permanent TSB. Mm. I think Permanent TSB this is a two-step scenario. This is first of all, we're going to automate our branches in skip and Bandon, and then in three years' time, we're going to say the footfall has collapsed. And then because of that,
6: they're going they
7: to shed the building, cut their costs, lose three staff members per actual branch, and they'll make more money off the back of it then. And that's not good for South Main Street Bandon or Skibbirine. That's not good for society to have banks come out of out of existence and to close. And I think that's a massive issue for us. And like we had a similar issue, literally with the post offices. Like what the post offices did in Goleen last week, offering their machine shop in Goleen, basically selling stamps. Um, parcel collections, online payments—yeah, everything
3: next. bar social welfare—we discussed yeah. it on the program last week. That's the death. The that's the death nail of post offices if that's okay. allowed to go ahead.
7: And it was literally next door to the post office. Yeah. and Dermot said, "Not a hope, won't touch it, because I'd be killing my post office service next door."
3: But now, see many on post have come out and said, "Oh, we made a mistake there," but you know, we uh, wonder how many other mistakes were made around the country.
7: And that's the issue here because I think we have a meeting with on at three o'clock today with uh, the general. Um, their C- CEO, and like the this members have come and said, "Well, you did the exact same thing in my part of the world, so it just wasn't just one."
5: Yeah. But
7: that meeting at three o'clock today, and I'm looking forward to seeing how he's going to defend what he did in Gauline compared to other other parts of the country as well.
3: Okay, and Martin says it was the ordinary people of Ireland at the end of the day who bailed out these banks, and yet banks, they think that they can do this, in closing cash desks and eventually closing uh, branches. That's a fair point, isn't it? You know, it is. They, the bank, These banks did get a major bailout from the people of Ireland. They did, and I think
7: there's a huge issue about the banking sector and how they actually governed. We saw with Davies in the last few weeks again. They literally have a law to themselves and they have a kind of arrogance and a swagger about them which needs to be curtailed. And I think that's probably one of the biggest issues we have in society. How can we actually make sure that the banking sector are working for us and not just working for them? Because at the moment they're effectively working for themselves.
3: Okay. Alright listen we leave it there um, Tim thank you for that and thanks uh, for joining us that is uh, uh, Fianna Gael Senator Tim Lambert 1850 103 John Paul taking your calls you can text or WhatsApp 103. Court
0: Today on C103
4: With John Cusack Insurances Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group they don't just talk the talk they walk the walk cmig.ie How well do you know the Rebel Council from the lock to the lee and Sarah Green to Roy Keane. Whatever
0: it takes. Every morning on Cork's More Music Breakfast, enter Ken's Pure Cork Quiz to win cash.
4: Answer three Cork questions in just 20 seconds to win 103 euros. And we play twice a day at seven twenty and 8 20. Take
6: me to the
7: top. I'm ready for whatever it takes.
0: More music breakfast with Ken Tobin
3: Weekdays from 6am Only on C103 Clean Coast's Ballinamona group which was hailed by the National Clean Coast Programme in December with an award in the Against All Odds category is now calling on the general public to offer some financial support and to find out more I'm joined by the founder of Clean Coast's uh, Ballinamona, and that is Secondary School teacher Pranjiaz America Good morning to Good morning, Patricia. Y- thank you so much for calling, uh, calling well, on us at these times. Well, <laughs> great, so you're, thank you. it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I suppose let's go back to the start and just remind listeners how you started this uh, group of litter picking. It began with you and your dogs out for walks back in 2015, wasn't it?
2: That's exactly right, yeah. Um, on Ballynamona Beach, which is 1.2 kilometres the beach, and I suppose you just noticed all the stuff that was washing up—old, old, old fishermen's nets, gloves, uh, fish boxes, uh, all sorts—an old uh, lawnmower chassis. There was all sorts of things, I suppose, on the beach
5: in Ballynamona.
2: And um, I think that first year we removed twelve tons from Ballynamona beach—that one point two kilometres of stretch. And then as you're looking over at the other beaches, the next beach, which is the Hinch, alongside, it's like, God, oh, it would be good maybe if we kind of made a bit of a difference over there. We've made a bit of a difference here. And then the next thing, it just kept on, it kept on creeping in. And the fact that so we started cleaning the Hinch and then it went to Gary Vaux and Ballon Willing and Bally Kernan and all the way around to Knockadoon and Blaise with Ladies Bridge by the Bacoda there. We're over in Yall, uh, up to Ballybranigan. I think in Ballybranigan, in, in, in one year alone, we removed over 200 tyres that had washed in. God only knows where they came in. I think it was covered by your programme as well. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, and five tonnes in, in that same year from, from Ballybranigan. So, look, there's the beach cleaning aspect of it. Um, and, uh, you know, now we are cleaning 40 kilometres the coastline, which is almost 1.5% one, one of the total Irish coast and um, for the Biodiversity Wing, which is um, East Cork Biodiversity Networking Programme, we are managing about 32 acres for wildlife and for it's biodiversity. Incredible.
3: It's incredible how it's grown from, you know, one man and his dog, literally, heading out to do a bit <laughs> of litter picking. How it's grown. I mean, 40 kilometres of coast is... And that's done by volunteers.
2: It's done by volunteers. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Now, right now, our beach cleaning uh, as a group, uh, all those activities are suspended, right? Okay. So we, we are not organising beach cleans. What we are doing is we're, we're supporting our volunteers who go out in their family pods, in their family units, or as individuals who go out and, let's say, if the beach was in their 5K or whatever beach is within their 5K, we're supporting them with bags or whatever they need in that regard. But we're not organising group activities because, look, it's, it's not safe. It's not what the uh, advice is right now. The advice is stay within your 5K uh, and, and don't be mixing with with outside. So, look, that's, that's what we are doing at the moment, that we are, so, you know, uh, supporting um, our volunteers with, with um, I suppose, materials whenever they need it.
3: And school children have always played a big role, haven't they, in, in your group? Absolutely. I
2: mean, the last beach clean I was able to do with the secondary school kids was last December. And we were by the Choptaw Monument or the Kindred Spirits Monument in Middleton. And I had seventeen TY students out, and they picked thirty-two or thirty-four bags
3: in two hours. On oh, so a bitterly bad. cold day in December,
2: it was rainy, it oh. was whatever have you. And, but you know what? I think the kids are suffering an awful lot this year. So I didn't think it really mattered what kind of if it, if it was if it was going to be snowing or whatever. They still would come out because look, the kids are suffering right yeah. now. You know, uh, those TY students aren't, I suppose, getting the benefit of what a uh, you know, you know, uh, what a normal non-Covid TY experience is. But I mean, you know, the schools are, are around are making enormous efforts to try and make up for it, and offer different uh, opportunities and activities for them. So look, they're 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 brilliant, and and uh, you know, I suppose. Where where we were, we had, like, a lot of, like, we brought over a thousand people out beach cleaning with us, just looking at beach cleaning alone, and most of those would be primary and secondary school students, and that's what it's all about, in, in getting them to connect with the sea, the importance of the, you know, the the, the marine environment, that it's not just about going to the beach and, and, and make sandcastles, that's a big part of it, but there's a whole um, uh, ecosystem going on there, you know, that you know and opening their eyes to that providing with, them with opportunities providing with the education providing them with um i suppose an experience that you're not going to get um in let's say other outdoor settings so i mean the beach the 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 the, the coast is is something that is very unique to us in in cork we've we've miles and miles of of beautiful beaches, hidden beaches, and do you know what? If we're not picking it up in 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 in, in let's say the forty kilometers that we're looking after, uh, they're going to be picking it up somewhere else. I mean, yeah. to give you an example. You know, the the French washing up lux you know, washing up liquid bottle that we picked up in in two thousand and seventeen. It was over fifty years old. We mm-hmm. were able to date it. So you know, if we're not picking it up here, it's just going to wash it out again in the tide, and it's going to wash it somewhere else. And as it's washing around, it's disintegrating. It's breaking down into microplastics and nanoplastics. And, you know, the research that, that continues to to come out is showing that It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing for us. It's not a good thing because it is getting into the food chain.
3: And it's fair to say that everyone can do their bit, Prunji. those who are lucky enough to have one of those gorgeous beaches within their 5K and who use that gorgeous beach for their exercise. You know, bring some disposable gloves and a little plastic bag and just pick up a few bits. I mean, if everyone does a little bit, all Absolutely,
2: help. I think I think that, like there is a movement called the two minute beach clean. So it has kind of you know transformed into the two minute street clean. And you know, literally, if you can not do two minutes and you don't have to be at the beach, you could be two minutes outside your front door, because eighty percent of marine litter starts in land. And it could be you know wherever it is, because you know I suppose one of the things that when we're when we're talking with with, with students, be a primary or secondary school, one of the questions I ask them. And if they're listening today, you can answer: Is where does the beach start, and where does it start? And you know, you'll get a, a wide variety of answers. And the right answer is: It starts literally at right outside your front door, yeah. right outside the window, because anything that is not discarded of properly uh, uh, into a bin or Or wherever it needs to be, so that it's not going to enter the the, the environment, is basically going to get washed into a river or washed into a drain,
3: and eventually will end up in the sea. Exactly. exactly. In in since since you started the beach cleaning in twenty fifteen, are you seeing any improvements, Panchis, in what's washing up in marine litter?
2: Where we're seeing improvements, um, this is not going to be solved here and now. And it's not going to be solved next year, or or, or in five years' time. We've made more, like fifty percent of the plastic that has ever ever been made has been made since two thousand and five. We've made more plastic this century than we have in the entire last century. Um, plastic is in, 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 invasive. It's it's like are are we making improvements? Yes, but they're they're small gains. This this is going to be a marathon, not a sprint. It's small gains that we make. Uh, but it's not the power of just one small environmental group uh, in Cork. It, there are the tidy towns movements. There's, there's anybody who has a litter picker, or anybody who's made, like they're the small movements. And it really, I suppose, you know, ultimately, if if it was, um, if instead of laying it to the, the the power of the individual, if it was kind of relayed back to uh, companies in how they package their products mm. and the unnecessary packaging. I mean, you know, if if you're going into a supermarket and you're going to buy an orange, buy the orange without the plastic. Better again, buy the orange you'll peel yourself and not the convenience orange that's already peeled for you in a plastic tub. You know, mother nature made a perfectly good skin to keep the orange preserved in, you know, as is without buying the unnecessary
3: package And, you, and, then, d- and then dispose yeah. of, of that yeah. peel uh, yeah. correctly Jim in Middleton says I'm really impressed with Frontiers and what they are and continue to do also the way that he's giving out bags to those in family pods within their 5k the work he's doing is uh, terrific we need this so from all sectors of community but well done I really am impressed with him thank you for that uh, Jim. You, Jim and that brings thank me you. nicely to you join us because you're in need of some financial support explain more We we, we we
2: are. Um, I think some of the, you know, look. This started as a very small, a very small enterprise as such. We call it right, because, it, you know, by the end of year one, we had about twenty people beach cleaning with us. Right? People love coming out. The last time we we publicly fundraised was two thousand and seventeen. Right. And I suppose here we are now in 2021 and our funding model is <laughs> needs a revision because there is no way I can go cap in hand to any of the businesses who would normally support us because they're closed, that are furloughed, and, you know, it, it just wouldn't be the right thing. Our costs in the scheme of things are very small, I suppose, to, I suppose, the benefit that we, we provide. It is something we enjoy doing, but it's something that's necessary and I, I, I think that... Um, I suppose every every euro that we get is not lost in admin. It's not lost in wages because we're a volunteer-led movement. The money that we will get, we put in towards insurance, maintenance of equipment, purchasing of of, of new equipment, and you know uh, to manage the thirty-four acres that we have for for wildlife and for pollinators, to keep us going into you know managing the beaches that we have. Um, and I suppose educating and sometimes, you know, it might be advocacy that we're doing or, you know, it's going to do talks in schools. And, like that's what we do. That is, that's what's so beautiful about Clean Coast Bad and East Cork Biodiversity Networking Program because it's all about sharing knowledge, sharing resources, getting out there, making a difference. And um, when, when, um, people talk about clean coast groups, um, we are the largest clean coast group in Ireland. We also have the most volunteers, I suppose. Or, if you know that will come out on a regular basis and clean with us. And um, we are the exemplar uh, at talks in Europe. That is the feedback I get. And um, so there was there was seventy eight countries in Cork back in two thousand and seventeen uh, from the uh, from Fee, which is the they run the Blue Flag beaches. They run you know all these environmental education programs, and you know. The work that we do is the exemplar. We kind of, I suppose, set the standard. So our costs are small. And to someone listening today, right, if we had 100 people who could give us 50 euros, that would be our short-term insurance costs or whatever have you solved. And it, you could narrow that down. If there are 10 people out there who want to give us 50 euros one month for one year, that would, that would solve it as well. Like what, Like, our costs are small, but, you know, um, so if everybody
3: so chips in a little bit, it all and, adds and up. It have to be and so and how it c- how can people donate?
2: So um, in the last while we've been very busy, I suppose, reworking our website, if they go on to org, that's B A L L Y N A M O N A dot org. Okay. Just click the chip in and support our work link and that will bring you to a website. So we've got the, the champion supporter, which is the €50 Euro one, which would be absolutely amazing. But there's other options there. So like to keep other people... Whatever
3: people, people can shipping. afford. Okay. Exactly. And it's-
2: whatever. Now, if there isn't an option there, Patricia, that and you, you do want to give us a, a fiver, you want to give us something else or whatever, have you? You want to talk to us about it? Just send us an email or just send just click the contact and we'd be happy to you know, to liaise with someone because we value the work that we do. As I said, we've brought more than a thousand people beach cleaning with us. We, 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 we link in with loads of towns groups and being well,
3: that, that. Certainly, that, uh, judging by checks in, people are very appreciative of what you and the rest of the gang do, uh, Punchies. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. We'll leave it there. We will talk again, but in the meantime, continue good luck to everybody at Clean Coasts, Ballinamona. You're doing you fantastic work. Three. Thanks for joining us.
4: You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
3: A little bit of good news. Kathleen was on the phone to the programme in Mallow to say a bit of positive news to share. Her daughter received her vaccine. Her daughter is a dialysis uh, patient. She didn't feel a thing and she felt fine after the vaccine. That's such happy news. I've heard people uh, Kathleen describe it as being like a lotto win when they get the phone call to say that they're going in for their vaccine. And I know uh, people on dialysis and transplants patients, they've, they're now suddenly starting to work on that priority list, which certainly such welcomed news uh, for them so continue good health to your daughter Kathleen and thank you for sharing that good news with us and on another good news story we've been asked to say hi to Sean and Noreen Sheehan they're in Milford Milford, and they're celebrating their 49th wedding anniversary today your daughters Marion, Sandra and the grandchildren Saoirse and Jude wanted to wish you all the best on your 49th 12 months to go to the big one and hopefully we'll be well out of this pandemic and you'll be able to celebrate in style but have a lovely day Sean and Noreen Sheehan as I say, they are in uh, Milford and then remember our listener who was on to us in the last hour who was it Uh, Christina Christina in Canturk, who goes out and does her own little bit of litter picking in her area and if we all do our little bit it all helps it all adds up but unfortunately her litter picker broke and she's wondering does anybody know where she could get another litter picker Burr in the City was on to say Hi Trish I got a litter picker in deals I don't know if there's a deals in Canturk, but there certainly is one in Mallow she might know somebody working there who might be able to pick one up for her so deals sell litter pickers thank you for that that's obviously Burr in the City is out doing her little bit of litter picking as well then on banks Sheila says Patricia I went to a Bank of Ireland branch one day I had a bag of coins and the man I met there told me to clear off out the door says Sheila Do banks not take this is the banks that have physical people inside in the building Do they not take coins What do you do with coins if the banks don't take them You can't go into a shop with bag loads of stuff. Well maybe you can it's the legal tender I'm just wondering what happens Do people sort of change jars at home it was a great way of saving before you put all your change in and then you'd collect it all up and bring it into your local banker. Maybe your credit union. I know take them as well. And I know, but would the post office? Will they take bags of coins as well? I don't know. Anyway, Sheila was ran from the door when she went in. Uh, somebody who signs themselves a loyal listener says, "Just want to say the HSC and the government. I'm getting sick of all of the figures that they're revealing every day. The amount of positive cases, and then the amount of deaths. But when it comes to the deaths, they will then say in the next breath that some of the deaths were reported this month, others happened in January, more happened." happened Happened in February. Uh, Therefore, do I take from that that we got false figures on the numbers of deaths in January and February? So there are families out there still grieving since the virus started. The HSE and the government need to tell the nation the truth every day please thanking you and that's from a loyal listener. In their defence it seems to be there's slow reporting and I can never find out why that happens but it seems some of the hospitals are slower to report a death that was directly attributable to COVID-19 and then there's a query over some deaths whether it was a COVID death uh, or not so there will be a delay on that so I think they're doing their best but yeah sometimes when you get a very high figure and then they'll say well they weren't all in the last 24 hours and they'll say that they happened in the last number of months. That's been going on for some time though. That isn't, that isn't anything new. Pat says, Patricia, what a laugh. There are plane loads of people arriving in here every day and we are still talking about limiting our people to our five kilometre. I take it, Pat, you want all of the airports closed. We do have our hotel quarantines kicking in actually John Paul went on he nearly nearly booked a hotel room going through it he went on to the portal where you can go on to to see how you check in if you were outside Ireland and you were flying back into this country and you're one of the countries listed and um, he said it's very easy it's very easy to do you do have to pay of course uh, for it but it is now up and running and it's the end of the week isn't it people arriving from certain countries will have to go and stay inside in one of these quarantine hotels Now, not everybody is happy about the fact that it has taken so long. Uh, Patricia, regarding the new hotel quarantine, it's only a half effort as only 33 countries are on the list. It should be every passenger on every flight. Arriving into this country should go straight to the hotel quarantine. Otherwise, it's a joke because travelling on board a plane for hours, sharing the same air as everybody else is surely happier for the virus. It should be all passengers by air and sea or land should be included in these measures. If the EU can't get our vaccines quick enough, then all air travel. And travel by ferry must be strictly targeted. And I know somebody else was on about disappointed, delighted to see the hotel quarantine is up and running. But surely it is. At last, we have hotel quarantining, says uh, John. It's only eight months too too late. The variants now dominated here came through travel. The government should cancel visas from outside the EU. It's not that most of the people are essential workers. Health professionals obviously would be excluded. They would still be allowed to travel, says John. And somebody else says, what countries are on that list of 33? OK, I won't read them all out. Let me just quickly go down through them. A lot of them are African countries so that, and South American countries. The African countries, some of them I can't even pronounce, I've never even heard of them. People travelling from Angola, Botswana, Burundi, the Dominican Republic of the Congo, Malawi, Mauritius, Mozambique, Namibia, the Republic of South Africa, Rwanda, the Seychelles, Tanzania, Zimbabwe and Zambia, all of them have to go into hotel quarantine as some of the South African countries Argentina, Bolivia, Brazil, Chile, Ecuador, French Guiana, Panama, Paraguay, Peru Uruguay, Venezuela, how many people from those countries come to Ireland anyway? And then the other countries that are Austria. If you're travelling from Austria, you'll have to go into hotel quarantine for two weeks and the United Arab Emirates and you will have to pay to stay in the quarantine uh, hotel. It's just, I think it's a little under 2,000. I think there's a family room for 2,500, I think uh, I heard earlier. But you go on to, there's, there's a portal now that's live online. And anybody arriving has to go straight into the quarantine hotel, so it'll kick in. We'll try and keep an eye on how many people are coming from those countries. It'll be interesting to see, will, they, will we be able to get an update on how many people are staying in the quarantine hotel. I'm assuming that that information will be there and will they list the countries that they've come from. We'll try and keep an eye on that. Back to vaccines. Dan says, Patricia, apparently there are two AstraZeneca factories. One is in Belgium and one is in Holland. Now, according to Dan, who are not yet EU approved to sell their products in the EU. There's no mention of that by our politicians. Incidentally, a quote of a €1,000 for a house in Kerry for one week says Dan. Okay, back to your AstraZeneca. You're right. There are two Two factories. There's the one in Belgium and there's one in the uh, Netherlands. The problem that the EU have is that the some of the supplies that are made in the Netherlands and Belgium are being exported. They're going to the UK, whereas the supplies, the astrazeneca supplies that are made in the UK have so far been restricted to the home uh, market. But the rest of the AstraZeneca that has been given out in the EU has come from those two factories, the one in the Netherlands and the one in Belgium. So I don't know where you heard that they're not approved to sell their product in the EU because we have been giving uh, AstraZeneca and we're certainly not getting it from the UK where it's also been made because they're keeping it for themselves. Mike in Bantry on hairdressers. I got a hair clippers in the chemist for €70. I'm cutting my own hair, says Mike. Well done, uh, Mike. On holidays, there will be no... No holidays this year because the pubs and the hotels won't be open. So people don't have to worry about the price. As I've said before, Patricia, no summer holidays this year. Enjoy your garden because that's as far as we're going to get this uh, year. Hi uh, Patricia, listening to your comments on the 5k, there are people definitely going beyond the 5k from their homes but they don't listen and they don't want to follow any of the guidelines. Everybody else has to suffer. My son has been at home doing home schooling. Uh, he's back now but it has affected his schoolwork and his school life. He was doing so well in school it is really affecting my child mentally and physically. People need to help others by obeying the guidelines and stop the spread of this virus from spreading more and more. It's getting so depressing now. Um, like I say, it's affecting my own child's education. Would everybody please stop and? think, says this texter. Well, somebody else says, Patricia is oh no, I'm getting that checked with John Paul. I'll wait and come back to that one, sorry. Some Audrey says, I'm sick of all the news about the vaccine and the COVID. All we need to know is how many deaths there have been every day and how many cases there have been and where are these cases from, where they come from. Could they not give us more pleasant news about this beautiful country? I don't mind that we have to mind ourselves and keep safe. Wear masks, wash your hands, keep your distance. That's all everybody needs to know. Just follow the guidelines. Patricia, you spoke about house parties earlier on. Those house parties wouldn't be able to go ahead if the off-licence and the sale of alcohol was taken from supermarkets. That would end it. We also mentioned the pandemic, the PUP payment earlier. That's prompted a texture to say, on the PUP payment, do they check the people's jobs and their job titles? The reason I ask is I've got two friends who are multitask attendants in hospitals. One is working away. Hospital actually looking for her to do more shifts because they can struggle sometimes when some of the staff are out. The other friend didn't want to stay in one location when the HSE said they couldn't move from hospital to hospital. So what did she do? She decided to sign on for the PUP pandemic patient. She just she's now enjoying staying at home with her children and getting three hundred and fifty euro a week. How can that be? She's needed that her job is available and there is a need for it in the hospital. There's not one hospital that wouldn't take her. I think it's terrible in a time when she is needed that she is at home on the pandemic payment. Surely her job title should be a red flag for the Department of Social Protection. Somebody else says, Patricia, would it not be better to start opening up outpatient clinics for the elderly who have been given their second dose of vaccine? as all health workers will have been fully vaccinated in a week or two as well so the risk to both patients and the staff will be greatly reduced with 800,000 people on waiting lists this would enable the list to be reduced what a fantastic suggestion and when we're talking about allowing older people and people who have been vaccinated to get their lives back on track what better way to get their lives back on track by taking them off one of those waiting lists and getting them into an outpatient clinic Fantastic suggestion. There's no name on that, but well done to whoever sent that in. Hi, Patricia. Dog grooming is classed as essential, and people can't get their hair cut. So says Eileen. And just staying on hairs. I know of a home help in Cork who's organising hair appointments with a hairdresser in her home for people who she's doing home help that she's calling to. Surely this must be wrong. How can it be uh, stopped? An Anecdotally, there's a lot of evidence that people are getting their hairs done for sure. 1850 333. 103. Somebody says, Tricia, is Brazil on that quarantine list? Did I not call out Brazil when I called out? Let me just double check. It is. Yeah, Brazil. Uh, yes, Brazil is on that list under the list from uh, South America. 1850 333 103. John Paul taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary.
4: With Cork County Council's Community Support Programme. Here to assist vulnerable people with their daily needs through the COVID-19 pandemic. See Cork
3: This is the week that the Limerick University students are holding the Jacinto O'Brien Memorial 999 For the Frontline event, it runs across this week, up to and including this Friday. They're raising funds for Limerick Suicide Watch, the Martyr Foundation and the Irish Cancer Society to take part. You just run, walk or cycle, nine kilometres, donate nine euro and then nominate nine of your friends to do the same. You can check out the 999 for the Frontline on social media for further details. And due to COVID-19, the usual Daffodil Day collections cannot go ahead this year. But please keep a look. Out in local shops, credit unions, and banks for the silk daffodil boxes, and you're asked to please support.
0: Cork today on C103
4: with John Cusack. Insurances Sale. now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. See mig.ie.
3: Now, unfortunately, for the second year running, the Irish Cancer Society can't take to the streets to sell daffodils this year. But Daffodil Day, in partnership with Boots, is still very much going ahead. Virtually this Friday, March the 26th, you can help the Irish Cancer Society provide critical services to adults and to children with cancer and their families. And you do that by donating at cancer.com. So please, please remember the Irish Cancer Society this uh, week. Now, a listener was on to us to say, where's the text gone? Say, hi Trish, is there still free parking for two hours in Paul Street and North Main Street? I have a bit of business to do in town later after work and I'm just wondering if the two hours are still uh, free as I don't want to have to go back home again to get my card to come back in again. So I got John Paul to check it out and I'm told that the first two hours of parking in North Main Street Street car park will be free Monday to Sunday normal charges will apply after the two hours and the promotion has been extended and is currently under review and the same extends to Paul Street so you're okay get your business done within the two hours and you will be fine and then on coins uh, when I mentioned the listener who tried to go in and she had coins that she wanted to convert into cash into paper money and she was ran out of the bank Thomas says I went in a few weeks ago with 20 euro in two euro coins. I was asked for my banking details first before I could get the money converted and then I was about to proceed. The person said to me, I hope you have that counted correctly. At this stage I said, I don't like the way I'm being treated and I left the branch. God, Thomas. Brian in Mallow says, there are machines in most supermarkets that will count the coins for you. Some, I think all, do take a percentage of the money but it's worth it if you've got a lot of money uh, saved in coins. You will lose some of it in the percentage but most supermarkets uh, you write to have that facility. Dan in for Moy. A lot of banks will ask you for your bank details to prove that you bank with them before exchanging the coins first. I did not realise that. And then on litter picking that we've discussed this morning. Eddie in Bandon says well done to a lady in Bandon who was out picking up litter this morning. was on the outskirts of the town. It is no idea who she was but she, he just wants to compliment and say well done to whoever that lady uh, was and then Carmelina Shannon was on to say well done to a group of people they were all socially distanced all of them were wearing masks and they were cleaning up and collecting rubbish in the cross barry area over the weekend and people really are fantastic the way they are getting out because a lot of the organised litter picking certainly had stopped um, and certainly during level 5 it uh, stopped so it's good to see that some people are back and do seem to be organising and socially distance and doing everything correct which is uh, terrific. And just another comment in on the Clare Byrne show last night and the whole discussion around a united Ireland. Michael says, I watched the Clare Byrne show last night very attentively and I came to the conclusion that yes, we will eventually have a border poll but the burning question is when. I think John Bruton was rock solid and spoke with experience likewise so did Dermot Ferriter. There's no quick solution. It'll take years of painstaking negotiations before the country could be ready for such a border poll If we go along with Sinn Féin's path for an immediate poll then we could be voting for an immediate civil war and who wants that People should never ever forget how long it took the Good Friday Agreement to become a reality Years Well this reunification will take even longer Northern Ireland will be Northern Ireland for generations and generations to come At this moment in time don't mention the war don't mention a border poll work the Good Friday Agreement and work it to its absolute fullest and that's from Michael thank you for that Michael 1850 333103 John Paul takes your calls you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103,
0: 103. Court today on C103
4: with John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group they don't just talk the talk they walk the walk cmig.ie Egfilemak, Quiddena Nea is Farlin, Sha C one oh three, Air Kirkig
2: Is there in
0: devil Yaston Gahiroh, Elizabeth Ward, Agas Derter Gwicher, Erchandus, and the Isfar, Dulun, Reltrahach, and Shatu Hishdiok. Kaker at Tokohe Harnablanta, Hoglord Dun on Giatla, Real Foslefeshkint, Atorach, a Dusbord, Siblin, Shadiok
2: Sahan, when Saltas Ryarcona Unta, Erkaharki, O Ali Nunta, Avastok Truss, and Foul and Festarunduin, Agas Nakharach. One O Three. This is the
4: Court Today replay on C. One O Three
3: just some quick final uh, texts to get to before we go to Jo Dean said, Patricia, can you tell me what are the regulations for somebody coming from the UK to stay in a private house in Ireland do they need to have a negative PCR test anyone who arrives into this country without a negative PCR test will be expected to quarantine in the quarantine hotels so once they have the negative uh, PCR uh, test they will be allowed in on people saying that they know of they know hairdressers who are working somebody says why can't people mind their own business so what if these people are trying to make a living how does anybody know if they are still claiming the pandemic payment or not they, those hairdressers are probably trying to feed their children look, tell people look after themselves and don't be watching other people says a listener what happens if a person has no money to pay for those quarantine hotels it's nearly 2000 euro for the two weeks will they be let into the country well if you go on the booking portal to book the hotel quarantine if you're coming from one of the 33 countries you have to pay up front so it doesn't become an issue that somebody gets off a plane and doesn't have the money they'll have paid for it already John on pandemic payments says Patricia I have a Polish friend he collects his money into his bank account every week the pandemic payment just to let you know he's living in Poland at the moment I wonder how much more of that is going on Fimbar from SARS GAA wants to share a little bit of good news he said the clocks go forward this weekend it'll cheer people up. Up uh, a little bit and someone else is worried they heard what's going on in France at the moment yeah their figures are going sky uh, high and wonders are French people coming from France are they subject to hotel quarantine no they're not at the moment and then on the coins with people if you have coins counted in money banks if you go into your local shop, most shops will take it because they're looking for change. Now, they won't have time to count out the money, but they certainly will take the coins from you if people are looking to get offload coins. Joe Heffernan uh, joins us. Good afternoon to you, Joe. Good afternoon, Patricia. And we are continuing to talk about addictions uh, today and addictions during uh, lockdown. And Actually, we touched on gambling on the programme this week and I know it's it's something we're going to get to uh, next week. But we want to talk about in particular cocaine addiction yeah. because yeah. actually you'll see it in a lot of the newspapers the, there, there's a rise in young people you it's that time
0: of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work, you really really want it all to work out while you're away Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
5: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy
6: Yeah, and the usual starting age is around 20. Incidentally, to do with the quarantining and all that there, I wonder, is the Arctic Circle uh, on the list? No. Because we'd have loads of visitors from the <laughs>
3: Arctic Circle.
6: <laughs> Whereas, I mean, Europe, we'd have no one from France or Germany. No. Or-
3: no. no. And how many people come in from Burundi and Botswana? Oh, I'd and say, say we'd them, be
6: inundated. People coming for an old fortnight holidays <laughs> there in West Cork from Burundi, I'd say, would be very high.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, they're coming from Burundi to Bohar I'm told. Uh, and, Burundi and, to Bohor-Bouy. And a place I've never heard of, it, it, it's Swatini. It's Swatini. I've never heard of that place. There are
6: thousands of them come for a <laughs> fortnight. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: Anyway, anyway yeah. That, <laughs> at least it's up and running. At least uh, it's up yeah. and running. And okay, uh, cocaine
6: it's only a year late. That's all. Um, a lot of people are very, very, very stressed. Very down with all of this lockdown. And um, I suppose if a person is down they are open not that it took the pandemic now to have um, um a major increase in cocaine um uh, use and addiction in ireland but i suppose that the pandemic the lockdown has increased the um uh the uh, the longing for a break from reality But unfortunately, the highs that one gets, um, we're talking today uh, fairly specifically about cocaine, Um, you know, it doesn't work. That's the main thing, because the cocaine interferes with the way the brain processes chemicals. A person needs more and more of it just to get the same effect, Um, and um, uh, people lose interest in the other areas of their life, so that their whole... Um, uh, life uh, purpose becomes getting more cocaine. And apparently one of the headings there that I saw was cocaine use on the rise among young people here as drugs trade becomes uberized. Now, what, what what the article actually says is that social media and encrypted messages are now being used quite a lot. And, um, you know, um a person can basically ring up a dealer and have cocaine um, delivered very um, uh, incre- promptly. It's incredible, isn't it? You,
3: you get your takeaway meal, and you can also dial a drug dealer to get it. But but yeah. people will tell you. I mean, I be hand on heart, I wouldn't have a clue where to go and look for cocaine. But if you talk to young people, and if you talk to people who use uh, cocaine, they say it's as easy as going to the off licence to get your bottle of wine.
6: Absolutely. I've spoken to a few people um, uh, just before the lockdown when I was seeing people face-to-face. And, um, yeah, they, they were, you know, telling me that on and off that they were um, using cocaine. And um, many people that I was talking to expressed a sincere desire to stop, but were not finding it easy at all. Um you know, there was one person um I remember a long long time ago, maybe a year and a half, maybe more, um you know, and uh, they they genuinely wanted to stop, but they just felt that um the 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 craving for the for the high, for the lift, um and um unfortunately the coming down of cocaine involves real Depression, and it's so intense—the depression that um, you know people have taken their lives. Um, a very, very um, a serious depression. Um uh, You know, some people the septum in their nose is gone.
3: Oh, there was that actress from EastEnders, the young girl in EastEnders. She lost, she, she lost hers. Her nose was just destroyed. Right. From, because it snorted up the nose as the day yeah. is. The, is yeah. it? And you see, there was a view at one stage that cocaine was a recreational drug, and people just took it the odd time they went for a party. She, that's not going to do you any harm. But there's so much use of it now and continued use of it that that's where we're getting into real problems.
6: Absolutely. And Ireland has one of the highest rates of cocaine use in Europe. And a lot of people might know that. Um, uh, I got the chief superintendent one of the headings Ireland is loaded with cocaine we will lose a generation of young people if we don't tackle it as a health issue there was another one by a lady who uh, I, I think shared this on uh, radio as well or was it television I'm not sure but the newspaper article uh, the heading was there wasn't a day I didn't have coke in my bag
3: my god yeah my yeah. god
6: And you see, the short-term effects um, can be violent behavior. It can be extreme irritability. There can even be conversions. Um, You know, uh, people have died. Um, We hear about um, uh, high-profile people who died. Um, There's uh, permanent damage um, to blood vessels of the heart and the brain. You know, there's the destruction of tissues in the nose. There's um, increased frequency of risky behavior. There can be delirium or psychosis. There can be severe, very severe depression. And, of course, tolerance builds with use. In other words, like um, uh, where X amount would uh, bring on the desired effect um, in January, um, in May that might take twice as much You need, and a, course, and you need
3: X and Y by 2 to get, to get the high and yeah. of course you never know because you don't know what's in these illegal drugs you might have tolerated it and it, might have, it just, uh, might have had little or no effect on you except give you a happy buzz and then one night you could decide to take something and whatever is in it doesn't agree with you people have died from cocaine use
6: uh, Oh totally Absolutely, without question or
3: doubt. And I'm not talking about serious drug addicts. I'm talking about you know people who've always sort of seen it as oh, it's just recreational. People have died.
6: Well, the thing is that um, one of the things I was reading there uh, says that convulsions, seizures, and sudden death from high doses, even one time, can result in death. Imagine that. So, I mean, you are playing with fire. You're you're doing you're doing Russian roulette um, with your life, um, and uh, you know uh, a young man that I that I knew, um, you know, he, he, his his parents were demented from the way things were going. He, he, he was in a situation where he would admit, "I just can't stop." Now, my my take on that is that yes a person can stop. I mean, there are uh, rehab centers um no, I'm I'm not saying that they would agree with a person on a what we'll call a coming down drug, but I mean, um uh, under medical supervision there often is prescribed a coming down drug um uh, which kind of as it were bridges the gap um uh, be between the um the uh, the the feelings and the uh, bad time with uh, coming off cocaine to where a person is um, free, and uh, I use that term very not casually. I mean free because addiction is a prison, um, and it gets to the point. I mean, I was reading about a guy on today's uh, paper um had year uh, it was something ridiculous like 200 convictions um and um uh, basically what he said in the court was um that uh, he was stealing stuff uh so that he could uh, continue his drug use so
3: taking over taken over, over his life mike wants to know do people take drugs because they're unhappy it's not always the case, is it? No, I think a lot
6: of people with an addictive personality are looking for what I'll call the buzz. Now, the buzz can come with um either a substance or a behaviour um and now that I mentioned that, maybe next week we could talk about um the the as they call it now the tsunami of um gambling addiction. Uh, during the lockdown people are looking for the buzz now we're all looking for the buzz but I mean we need to find uh, something that uh, preferably won't kill us uh, or won't have us um, in its grip where we can't get out of it um, you you often say it to me and I say it to you about the old walk now the walk might sound an awful kind of a dry um you know, uh, not very attractive way, but um, it's a it's a safe way of if we can manage it. Um, getting a wee bit of a buzz from the fact that at least we did it. Some people would tell you about the uh, the dopamine, the um, the uh, the the buzz that they get from jogging or running. Now I won't be taking that any day soon. But um, uh, in other words, like. Um for me now, a good old television programme, um a good uh, a good novel, um a bit of peace at home, um uh you know, um uh, it, it's not it's 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 not high pod stuff, but um it's okay. And um and I mean the most I would say that I could um describe my mood um in recent times would be Okay, you know,
3: and I think, but well, I think everyone is in the same boat. I think everyone yeah. would say the same thing, wouldn't they?
6: I think so, you know, yeah, yeah. And uh, now, the thing is, like, the, the temptation then is there that if there was a lift in something, one would kind of feel, mm, you know, what, um, gee, I could do with in our lift, things are very boringly down. The trouble is, as I was often saying with yourself. It's not a moral issue about about drugs or anything. It's just that it doesn't work. It finishes up in a very, very horrible, bad place. Um, as we agreed, I think, uh, one or so twice back there, um, you know, if there was no downside, we'd all be at it.
3: Yeah, and there are like you went through the short-term effects, but there were really serious long-term effects for people who get, who do get addicted to co- co- cocaine.
6: Oh, they're 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 pretty deadly. I mean, permanent um, brain damage, permanent damage to blood vessels of the heart. Now, I mean, nobody would volunteer for that. Um, we mentioned and you you knew about some young lady that was in was it East Enders or something about the septum in the nose. Um, uh, more or less being uh, damaged beyond repair um there's the there's the there's the danger of risky behavior um in other words like um a person is um you know superman or superwoman um uh, just after um uh, taking cocaine and um therefore they can engage with um behavior that they normally wouldn't dream of. Um, What isn't known a lot about is that cocaine also causes sexual problems, like uh, reproductive damage and infertility for both men and women. Now, that's something that a lot of people who use cocaine um, very possibly wouldn't know about. but it's there and it's proven. And,
3: and then um, could could get involved with cocaine use in their younger years. And then is when they go to have children discover that there's problems that could be linked back to that. Absolutely. It's, it's, these are the long term effects. Yeah, it's too yeah. late. It's too late. OK, uh, John says, uh, listening to uh, Joe, which I enjoy very much every week, but a thought struck me listening to him today. We can't get vaccines that are totally legal and totally safe and will prevent illness and death in this country. But yet listening to Joe and listening to the reports, our country is awash with cocaine and other illegal uh, drug, drugs which can be delivered to our door isn't it just unreal? It is indeed, uh, yeah. John. Okay, uh, we leave it there, Joe. But the good news is vaccines are on the way. And as somebody earlier says, it's a good news story. The clocks are going forward this weekend. We've nearly forgotten about that, and we'll have an extra hour of daylight, so there's going to be brighter evenings. Oh, fair enough. Which is we'll, which we'll, is always We'll, we'll, good.
6: we'll welcome that. Because, we'll take um, that.
3: Yeah. We'll take that as a as, as a bit of good news. Thank yeah. you for that, um, uh, Joe. Have a good Thank week, you. and we'll talk to you next week. And the same. And uh, Joe Heffernan can be contacted by mobile on oh eight six eight three. Four eight one four five zero eight six eight three four eight. 145. My apologies if we didn't get it all. We had a huge amount of calls and texts in today. We didn't get to all of them. We'll take a look at them all off air and we'll bring some of them to you uh, tomorrow. But my thanks to everybody who contributed to the programme uh, today. But that's where I have to leave you for today. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon. We're expecting a bit of a wet one this afternoon, so do stay dry. Thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Talk to you tomorrow at 10th. I'm Patricia Mester. Stay safe. Court
0: Today on C103.
4: With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part Of McCarthy Insurance Group for motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance. CMIG.ie.
2: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at fifty to eighty percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing.